0: Down into your face.
1: Yeah, now you can't see nothing.
2: Am I the only one used to having something dangling in front of my face?
1: <laughs> I guess so.
2: <laughs> Second nature by now. Well, Kim, how long have you been divorced? long You time. don't use it, you it's lose been like, it. What, fifteen years? No, it's not been that long. Ooh, help her Jesus.
1: Um
0: You don't have it written 13? down to the day.
2: Thirteen years, okay.
1: Uh it just passed 13 years.
2: Oh. Girl, I can give you a number of a man, he'll set you straight.
1: Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, I think did. it might be I might it might be 12. Oh god. It's either 12 or 13.
2: So I was like 20 last oh, oh my god. Mhm. Pray for. Her.
1: It was a year and a few months before Amber died. Mhm. Because we split in the spring, I moved out of my house into grandpa's in the fall, and then she passed away the next fall.
0: Okay. So for you who are listening, you're going to hear another new voice. I know that in the past we've had Wendy on. Well, this is Kimberly.
2: Hi, Kim.
0: We call her Kim. She's our dearest friend. They talk about me frequently. Kim helps us in the podcast. She's worked with us for a while. After every Mystery ink episode, she helps go through and edits us down if we mess up, which we're almost perfect, so yeah. we don't mess up a whole lot. Her job's so easy. It's just so easy. <laughs> so we decided just randomly, she was over here in the corner working today here in the studio, so we just pulled her in and forced a mic into her,
1: <laughs> into her face. And I swear these are the most uncomfortable chairs for me. Really? I am so short. It's oh. ridiculous.
2: I've got my little golden girl pillow <laughs> behind me.
0: Well, I, I bought these chairs for me because it's very comfortable for me, but I'm six foot nine. Kim, how tall are you?
1: Five, one. Five <laughs> one.
0: So, anyone who is not my height, though, these chairs are going to be uncomfortable. Even Josh, who you're how tall? Six, three. So, even you, like, you'll have a pillow behind you to make it a little bit more comfortable. Normal people, when they come in here, they're like, wow, these chairs are very gotta, large. You got to jump into them. <laughs> yeah. And so there's four of them in here and there's four mics set up and we're in this little circle. I'll post a picture in the Patreon and on our Facebook and I could push two
1: of them together and make it a bed.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Cool. Yeah, they're pretty big. That's a good idea. But they're eye. also very I- comfortable. I mean, if your For legs you, don't go numb because you, you can't reach the
1: floor. I have my foot propped up on the coffee table because I can't touch the floor if I'm sitting all the way back.
0: Right. Well, I mean, again, I tested these chairs out and I literally sat in them and I thought, oh, this is so nice and comfortable. But that's my life. Do you remember that apartment I had in Muncie a long time ago in that little duplex? And when I moved into it, I just, I had a, this little, little, tiny little kitchen and i'm talking the one next to dave's near ball state's campus okay and i was putting stuff in my kitchen and i had put my cups in the cabinet above my fridge and you came over to my house with our friend anna and you were like hey where are the cups and i said they're in the cabinet above the fridge and i'll never forget (laughs) you turn around and looked all the way up to those cabinets and then you gave me this dirty look and you said you do realize you're the only person who can reach up there don't you (laughs) and i was like oh yeah i guess i should have rethought about that but like (laughs) when i was moving in there i'm just thinking about like what's comfortable for me i don't necessarily think about other people right just like in that same house i didn't use any of those bottom drawers which is like probably what more people like to use which is the
1: ones that i could have reached yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah. like if you were just living in that house you probably would have put your cups down there but in that house i only used those top cabinets just because those were more comfortable for me
2: have you ever hung a mirror for a friend who was moving i've done Mm -hmm. that i helped a girl Lindsay, an old friend of ours move and i hung a mirror for her and after i did she was like that looks great there it's very level but she goes one problem and she stands in front of it and all you see is the top of her hair (laughs) she's like that only works for you i was like oh i did not think about that
0: yeah i went when i was looking at houses a couple years ago i would go into the bathrooms and stuff and all the mirrors were so low it was so annoying because i thought you know in order for me to fix this like i literally would have to like pop this whole system out and adjust it all up so that was always really annoying like this the houses are made for different size people and i feel like it's not just equally all around you know listen sizism
2: is not talked about enough <laughs> right. the world is right. made for short people and it's it is ma- not fair right well it, I,
1: it's not made for not it's made, it's for, not, short it's made for normal
0: sized people right. so people like kim's height they're not happy. People like me aren't happy. You find
2: six people. You're right. living the life.
0: I just got back from Europe and I couldn't fit in a lot of places. So I would have to force myself into vehicles that I shouldn't have fit into. So I have a pinched nerve in my left knee. At least I hope it's a pinched nerve. I hope it's nothing more serious. But I don't have feeling in my left knee all the way down to my ankle because of I didn't fit. In these vehicles that I squeezed it to. Is that the one
1: that you had surgery on?
0: No, it's the good knee. Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: it's the good one that doesn't have a huge scar on it.
2: I also have no feeling in my knees, but I'm sure for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Calluses, do you have those too? No. <laughs> right, right, right.
0: So as I mentioned, Kim is here. She's joining us today. Normally, she's the one who's going through and editing these to make sure that we sound okay if everything you're listening and you're just thinking boy they coughed and that should have been cut out well it's that's kim. because kim didn't do her job right <laughs> and you should write in because we will definitely send that email over to kim and we will let her know she right on to get her, her, her desk shit in the morning <laughs> oh trust yes. me
1: i cut a lot of stuff out <laughs> right
0: but kim and i have been good friends for a very very long time we will not name the place that we used to work at together wait I'll name it I'll name it hell <laughs> hell there you go many moons ago Kim and I worked in the same job together and that's how we met but a little fun story Hooters. that we'll ha- <laughs> right we were strippers <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fluffernutter.
0: <laughs> right that's my stripper name for you out there is Fluffernutter. Nutter. Fluff- if you don't know what a fluffer nutter is, Google it because
2: it's it's I a had lovely one last sandwich. Night, actually, yeah, <laughs> I it's a it's a really good sandwich.
1: <laughs> That's funny. It's a sandwich. Yeah. Yes, Elvis's favorite sandwich. You don't know that sandwich. it's a sandwich.
2: Oh wait, no, not. No, That's...
1: I thought it was a drink.
2: Well, that it is too. I've it's had all, that. It's, it's a, a milkshake. Sandwich. Sandwich. It's yeah. Well,
0: you're diabetic. And... You can't have it. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> yeah, no wonder she ain't heard of it. <laughs> it has that marshmallow sauce and peanut butter. It. Yeah. Oh, I put banana yes. on mine. See, I
1: was thinking about the marshmallow stuff, but I didn't. I, yeah. You're right. You're right. It's been many, 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 many years yeah. since I had anything like that.
0: Yeah. So anyway, Kim and I met at that job. And how we met is I ended up being placed onto her team at this job. And I did not know her very well except, except that Kim is my mom's age. And she always looked like she was a little grouchy. She always has Mm -hmm. like this. RBF. Yeah, very hardcore RBF. And anyway, so I just got placed onto this team. And it was, I believe it must have been around Christmas time or something. Mm -hmm. Because we drew names for like the secret Santa thing. And I happened just to draw Kim's name. And right. So I draw Kim's name and I thought, oh, well. What does every person need in their life? Alcohol, that looks like something that will make her have a better life. So I went and got her this big bottle of wine from somewhere. So I get back to the place and I had it wrapped up or whatever. And one of our supervisors came over and she asked me, She's like, Shane, what did, what did you uh, end up buying Kim? And I said, A big bottle of wine. And she's like, Oh no. Did you really? And I was like, "Yeah," and she's like, "You d- you do realize that her daughter was killed because of a drunk driver, right?" And I thought, "Well, shit," <laughs> because like this thing was about to start in like thirty minutes, right? <laughs> and I just thought, "Well, crap!" Like now this lady is going to stab me in the parking lot, <laughs> and she's going to think that I'm just the the biggest butthole in the world. A new you know? enemy. Yeah. So I just looked at that supervisor, and I was like can I leave right now and go find something at the nearest store? So I ran into Bath & Body Works, which is my least favorite store on this planet just because I can't stand the smell of it. Instant headache. Yeah, I don't like all of the smells, you know. So I walk in and I grab like the biggest first basket of scents and everything that I could find. And I bought it and I ran back just in time for this thing. And, you know, Kim loved it, whatever. I still
1: have the... It came in like a a wooden crate type thing that says bath and body on it it still sits on the back of my toilet (laughs) (laughs) oh
0: how lovely you can think of me every time you go to the bathroom (laughs) how
2: fitting
1: how (laughs) lovely how lovely
0: but that's how kim and i first met and then i think it was the next month i got placed next to you and so we started talking and then i started asking you about your daughter who my the supervisor had told me about you know that you had lost your daughter and i mentioned oh well my brother and i our dad was hit by a drunk driver And so you told me about the story of Amber, and you mentioned Amber at the beginning of this conversation. So I feel like it's only fair now if you tell our listeners what happened to Amber and who Amber was. So you should probably start with that like, who Amber was.
1: So start with that. Amber was my oldest daughter.
0: You have two daughters,
1: right? Yes, I have two daughters
2: a good one and an (laughs) evil
1: one. (laughs) (laughs) They are definitely. Night and day, <laughs> right? Definitely night and day. Amber was the oldest; she was six and a half years older than Emily.
0: Amber was blonde. Yes, she very was pretty. very blonde,
1: very stereotypical blonde. Yeah, she
2: we would have been friends.
1: So, yes, you would have. <laughs> no, and she would have loved Shane. Now,
0: now, you have to tell us a couple stories about Amber that you've shared with me over the years, oh just my so gosh. we can have an understanding of the type of stereotypical person Amber was. She was a very nice, very
1: okay. kind. So
2: God, don't give with both hands. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're Also do not. very, very pretty. <laughs> so
1: so pretty. My favorite I have two favorite stories of hers. Well, I i really have a lot more than that, but we have time <laughs> restriction here. This isn't the Kimberly. <laughs> no. So Muncie, Indiana, the place that we lived, got their first roundabout about the time Amber got her driver's license. Which Hoosiers
0: just love new things. Their minds can't. roundabouts. No, they have no
1: idea. (laughs) So Amber had just gotten her license, and I was at work at the place that we worked at together. This was before I met you. Right. And this was like two years. I met you about two years after she passed. Right. I was at work, working, and I get this phone call, and I hear Emily in the background laughing hysterically. She's my youngest daughter. And Amber crying her eyes out. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? And she's like, mom, I got stuck on the roundabout. And it took me a split (laughs) second to just about die laughing. And everybody around me was looking at me like, what is wrong with you? And she was just bawling. I got on the roundabout and I couldn't figure out how to get off of it. Because every time I went to get off of it, there was a do not enter sign. So I told her, I said, all you have to do is follow somebody off there. She said, that's what I did. And Emily just thought it was hilarious, (laughs) which she was only nine or mm-hmm. so at the time, so yeah, she thought it was quite humorous that Amber. Uh, got I can't imagine
0: how long Amber would have been driving around this circle.
2: <laughs> like know? Know. I
1: still, to this day, she'll be gone 11 years in October. To this day, I have been known to take an extra round ra- lap <laughs> around the roundabout just for Aww. her. <laughs> that's just sweet. for her.
0: Okay, so give us another one.
1: So it, and this was only. A couple months before she passed away. It was a real nice summer night and I had the front door window open and Mm -hmm. the light outside was on because I had had the dogs outside and the bugs were starting to get attracted to the light. And I told her, I said, Amber, I said, honey, flip that light off for me. And so she reaches up and she flips the light out and she looks outside and she looks at me and then she looks outside again and she has this really puzzled look on her face and she flips the light on and then she looks at me even more puzzled and looks outside again and shuts the light off and she's like mom i said amber just because you turn the light off honey does not mean the bugs are not there <laughs> oh my god oh my god Yes,
2: I bet she was just such a happy person. She was so <laughs> she pretty. Was she was always they say so ignorance is bliss. Yes. and you know mm-hmm. they she just, was the uh,
1: a very flighty. You know, she was always the center of attention. All of the other kids in our family was a lot older than her, so she was one of the youngest ones okay. until Emily was born. That's so, funny. so she was used to being the center of attention, <laughs> and if she walked into the room and she did not have everybody's attention, she would turn around and walk out and walk back in until everybody noticed her walking in. Excuse me, in. people. I'm here. Yeah.
2: I love that. Honey, the bugs are still there. The light's just off.
1: She had such a fascination with Jersey Shore. You know the, the show oh, I'm yeah. talking about? Right? Yeah. She would talk in a Jersey accent. Cabs are here. For about the last year of her life. She'd done it so much, she forgot how to speak normally. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> One of the things I love though is now you have all of these homemade videos that mm-hmm. she made Emily do yes. with her. Yeah. And I feel like in like 90% of them, she made Emily dress up as a man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just because Emily had short hair. So, <laughs> but, so yeah, we'll they watch used them, to. So funny. We always had a camcorder as they were growing up. So once they got old enough, you know, to stay home by themselves while I worked. They would get bored and get the camcorder out, and they would do dance things and exercise videos and Sister news, news and yeah, news reports yeah. I love and it. yeah. So I have all of those old Aww. videos, and for uh, many years on the her death date, her angel day is what we call it. I would always sit down and, and watch those old movies. Aww
0: yeah but with as you know silly as amber was she was also very kind and Mm -hmm. she would be the first person to come to anyone's defense if they were being bullied she did not not take
1: anybody being bullied she did not like it at all so she was also a a genuinely Mm -hmm. good person as well yeah she was she was a really good person and she i don't know how many times that she would come to me and she'd say hey mom i need extra lunch money you know or whatever and i Well, I just gave you lunch money. Well, so and so didn't have any money, so I bought their lunch. How can you, you know? Right? Yeah, she was she was a very good person, and that was the main reason why I wanted to just start a scholarship in her name after she passed.
0: Well, and a lot of people really liked Amber, I think, probably because of how kind she was. Mm-hmm. She was very nice to everyone. So it didn't seem like she really had any enemies because she was just genuinely nice to every person she yeah, met. Her she and was.
2: Emily really were night and day. They? <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? they were. Emily is very rough. I love Emily. She has always been She's Miss a drama. Josh says that because fire he's cracker. scared of her. She shake <laughs> you in the alley. <laughs> Gay men aren't afraid of women. <laughs> We're only afraid of other gay people. <laughs> right. but
1: yeah. So in October, is October twenty eighth, actually. Of what year? Um Oh my gosh. Two thousand and twelve.
2: <laughs> Even I knew 2012. that. Oh, two thousand and twelve. Two thousand and twelve.
1: Okay. I've been I was put on the spot. Right. So yeah, October two thousand and twelve. I worked that morning, came home. She had to work that evening. She wanted stir fry. She loved stir fry. Mm. So I fixed it. And where them. was she working at at the time? She was working at Plato's Closet. Oh, yeah. A, so a it was like a, a, a oh, okay. store. Yeah. 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 I saw her there. Yeah, you probably did.
2: I remember seeing her. At re- I never, like, met her. But mm-hmm. after seeing pictures and getting, I'm like, I saw her quite a bit.
1: Yeah. She worked there for probably a little over a year. So she had to work that day. And she wanted chicken stir fry for lunch before she went to work. So I made her some stir fry. And she ended up going in later to work. And she walked out the door. My mom, love you, and walked out the door. And it was like an hour after she got off of work, she still hadn't come home. And I called her, and I'm like, "Where are you at?" And she said, "You remember, Mom? I told you I was going to stay at a friend's house tonight." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I forgot." Well, they had been at to a Halloween party. She was in a car with two boys, and the driver was drunk and tried to beat a train. And the driver and her both passed away. The other boy that was in the car, he, he survived. So she was a junior in high school and cheerleader and I don't think she would have. I, I don't think she would have made it to uh, college because her grades were not great. But <laughs> boy, she was a. Good, she was
2: confused by life switches, honey. She wasn't <laughs> made for <from> college.
1: <laughs> but she was a good social person, that's for sure.
0: Right.
2: She'd I thought be she would have had a, a career. She'd be a TikTok star oh, right yeah. now. Oh, she, that oh, I have sure. no
1: doubt. That and I'd probably have about five grandkids by now
2: too. <laughs> <laughs> I love the well. You never know. Kim is an ally, and we're pre- she's pretty sure your daughter was part of my community. Kim, I always say she was Shane's friend first, but just she's gives off an ally presence. You, anybody just feels calm with her, and I do want to say just how inspiring you've taken what happened to your daughter and. Just the work that you do for, what is it, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, mm-hmm. and just all the the spin you took from, you made that negative, and you try to make it as positive as you can. I, I just want to give you credit for that.
1: I never wanted another parent to go through that. Right. So, I always wanted to go to schools and speak, and it took about, I think it was like three years maybe after she passed That I finally had a chance to do it. And then I got hooked up with Mothers Against Drunk Driving, which I've not been able to do anything with them for a while just because I've been so busy. Right. But I did speak at our school last year. Now,
0: do you remember one day when I was sitting? This is when I lived in an apartment uh, just a couple years ago here downtown near the studio. I think I was cleaning in my kitchen. And I text Kim because I said, Kim, I swear to you, I thought I just saw Amber in my apartment. Like for a moment, I thought that she was like in the corner of my room, like in the corner of the living room. So I like freaked out because I have no memory of ever meeting Amber, of course, whether it be at Plato's Closet or or anywhere else. So I was like, I'm pretty sure she was here in my apartment. I have no doubt that I saw her face. She's
2: coming to thank you.
0: Like I just saw her appearance here in my apartment while I was over uh, loading my dishwasher. I saw her in the corner, you know, and I'm like freaked out to the point to where I'm trying to rationalize it. I'm trying to like make every backtrack, you know, and I thought, well, I have the TV on. And so like a little bit later I thought, well, let me fast forward to see if there was any flicker on the TV of someone who would have looked like Amber and I was watching the news. And so I start flicking through the the rewind button And it just happened to be that they showed a picture of Amber. They were just showing this segment of Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And they happened to just make a a brief mention of Mothers Against Drunk Driving. But like they had a picture of Amber for some reason. Just flash up on the screen for a brief second. And they didn't tell you or anything that, you know, that 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 was going to be you. So you didn't know and you didn't tell me. But just the chance that I just saw that out of the corner of my eye and I recognized that it was Amber and then I thought that I saw Amber, you know, so it was just so weird because I like, I knew I saw Amber, you know, for as much times as you've talked about her and I've seen her photo.
1: And that wasn't the first time that she was on the news. Yeah. I mean, when the accident happened, it was all over the news. So the whole state knew and people would recognize me that I had no idea who they were you know, they would just recognize me as being her mother and would always say things to me, even around, you know, Muncie and and other places. Right. And it, I didn't know how to take that. I thought it was really weird. Right. So for a long time, I didn't go out and do a whole lot.
2: Well, that would be difficult too. You know, you're just in your head, you're like, I just need to go to Walmart, just go get my milk and go home. And then you get stopped 10 times and reminded 10 times. Now,
0: when Amber died, you almost found out through Facebook, isn't that yes, right? Yes, I did.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was at home. It was about three, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning when the accident actually happened. One of my best friends called me at probably 5 or 6 in the morning. I know. I remember it was still dark. And she called me and she said, where's Amber at? And I said, well, she wouldn't stay all night with a friend. She says, all right, I got this really weird text saying that I needed to check on you and I'm like I I don't know as far as I know she's, you know, at her friend's house. She says let me call you back. So she gets off the phone and she calls whoever it was that texted her and she calls me back and she was in tears. And she said you need to call Farmland Police Station, or, you know, Police Station and I'm like, "Okay." You know, heart drop. And so I get off the phone and at this time my voice My voice was getting a little louder. Emily was still asleep. And I start panicking because I don't know how to call the fire. I didn't know the number to call the fireman. Do
0: you call 911? Right. I I was like, I don't know what
1: to do. And so Emily comes out of her room and I told her, I said, you need to go get dressed right now because I don't know what's going on. And right after that happened, I got a Facebook message from another friend and all I could see was it said, please tell me this wasn't your Amber. And there was some kind of an image, but the image would not load. So I called my uncle, and um, he told me, I'm I'm on my way. Because I, I told him, I said, I don't know what's going on. He says, I'm on my way. I'll, I'll be there in just a minute. And he come in, and all he said was, she's gone. And I lost completely control right. I had no idea how I don't I lost all concept of time right because the next thing I remember I remember screaming and I remember him helping me sit down
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't remember anything else until it was well daylight and this because right. it was still dark so and I had this lady come in she brought in um, extra cups and plates and and those kinds of things that she had used for a fundraiser because she knew that, you know, family would be over and stuff. And she just... I'll I'll never forget it. She came in here and she says, Hi, my name's Donna, and you won't remember me, and you won't remember any of this in a few days because you'll be in shock. Mm -hmm. And I remember every single thing that happened, and I really wish I didn't sometimes. Mm. Because it's... That's rough. right?
0: yeah. But... I think one one of the things that always... Um, I don't know what the what the big word would be, but I think when it comes to grief like that is you always get people who are like, oh, you know, because clearly Amber's death still bothers you to this day. And I think you still get criticism from people who I do. criticize you for, you know, it's been how many years and she still is grieving cool. over this. So I for think- For the rest of
1: her life. As a, right. as a parent, right. you don't get over no. it. And I know there's been people- I have heard through the Gary Vine, Of course, they won't say this to me, but they'll tell other people. Right. Why don't she just get over it? Why can't she just move on? When you're a parent, you don't. Those sure. people
2: can go f themselves with something hard and <laughs> exactly. sandpapery. Yeah, right. and so
1: yeah. you walk in my shoes. No,
2: uh, uh-uh. you you have
1: no room to talk. And it doesn't.
2: Everybody agrees differently. Nobody has any mm-hmm. right to criticize any how anybody grieves. Right? That's, that's
1: I do huh. great. I mean, and I was in shock for a long time. I did really good at the beginning, but I felt like I had to be strong for everybody else. Because even within a few hours of finding out that she was gone, they somebody had called and told me that there was a bunch of kids that was going to gather at the high school. I went to the high school to make sure the kids were okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's your community. Your community is part of your heart. You know, it's a very right. small town and you've lived there mm-hmm. Forever, you know, that's, they're your family as well. And I mean, you know that they're there for you to lean on, too. Mm.
1: So I, but I made sure everybody was good. And then once I had family go back home after everything was over, that's when I started breaking down. And it was, it took me a full two years to feel halfway normal. And then... I was on my recovery. I was getting better. And then I met Shane. And Shane's a lot of why we don't I let do
2: you. So. <laughs> we, we're not the type to let you dwell in no. sorrow. <laughs> no, he
1: would. If I started feeling bad for myself or, you know, started getting upset or whatever, he is very good at redirecting and making it into something good.
0: Right. But I also think that our friendship and the way that we redirect that. A lot of people are taken back by that <laughs> because yeah, we, that. we sometimes are very what will appear
2: to be mean to each other, hateful. Yeah, by the by our words. Mm-hmm. But Shane it's and really... Kim have a relationship like they talk to each <laughs> other like gay people, like we talk to each other like, "Hey, be word Yeah, you, or, or two you two girls. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. So, for example, we had some friends over at my house one day, and they had never met Kim. And one of the ladies had made a comment about, boy, she is mean to Shane. <laughs> and the person that she said that to was like, uh, you probably didn't hear what Shane said to her.
2: <laughs> I always say, I'm
0: sure he deserves it. Right. Yeah. So we're very sarcastic. And I think in our over sarcasm with each other, if you just are randomly entering the conversation, you would probably think that we are just very abu- <laughs> very verbally abusive mm.
1: to each other. It reminds me more of like a brother-sister oh, type. Easily. Oh,
0: easily, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, For I think sure. that's more healthy because you're not keeping stuff repressed. You know, that's when people blow up on each other. You yeah. all just say what's what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: one of the very interesting things that I think happened surrounding this whole thing is at one point in time, your house got broken into, yes. right? So why don't you tell me about what happened with that?
1: So... This was a few months after Amber passed away. We had gotten her phone back and that type of stuff that she had on her when she passed. And I had her her phone in my jewelry box at home because I wanted to keep it. And for some reason, one day I was back there and I thought, you know what? It had a little little card in it that had all of her pictures and stuff on it.
0: Like a little SD card. Yeah, like a little SD yeah. card.
1: And I thought, for some reason, I thought, I'm going to separate these just in case something would have happened to the phone and I won't, you know, wouldn't forget to take it out. And I'm glad I did because at some point afterwards, and I don't even know how long it really took me to realize that somebody had broken to the house, but I had went to get her phone for something and her phone wasn't there. Well, then Emily said that her phone was gone. And, of course, she was only 10, so I'm like, yeah, she's lost it and just don't want to tell me, you know, Mm -hmm. don't want to own up to it. So I never really believed that she had lost it. And probably at least four or five months later, I had a police officer call me from Union City, Ohio. And he said, ma'am, I found your debit card. And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) He He said, yeah, I found your debit card on this side of the road and I said sir I have my debit card I just used it today and he says well you know this is so and so yeah he says you do bank with such and such a bank yeah he says well yeah this is your card well right before Amber had passed away I had given her my card to get gas and she thought she lost it well she ended up finding it after the fact in a pocket. But I had already called and had it canceled. Okay, Yeah, I had already called and had it canceled. I was so and confused. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I had it canceled, and I just stuck it up on a shelf, didn't think anything about it. Well, when they had stole the kids' phones, they took that card also. Mm. So then I'm like, okay, somebody really did break into the house. And then it still took me another year to realize that my grandmother's pearls were gone. In a little coin collection that I had.
2: Monsters. Right.
0: Karma will find you. Right. And I think what sucks though is that her phone being one of the things that she had on her is something that you would have wanted to have kept, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah.
2: A teenage girl's phone, I mean, their whole it's basically a diary of their life. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. It which luckily, like I said, I separated them, so I still have all of her photos. Oh, good. And I was really lucky that that happened, because I would have been devastated if we had lost all of that. And I remember not too long, a year or so afterwards, my phone went out completely, and I had kept all my old text messages. Aww. And I cried and cried and cried because all of my text messages were gone, mm. because I had to... The, my, that phone was just no good. Right. I couldn't do nothing with it.
2: I screenshot a lot of... I have a couple of texts from Grandma, like, on Christmas morning, those type of yeah. texts. I always screenshot mm-hmm. them. But, Shane, when something happens to me, if I go first, just throw my phone in the trash can. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't be looking at no photos. Don't be looking. we <laughs> seeing all kinds of... A uh, whole new Josh you never thought. <laughs> <laughs> I even uh, told my best friend, I said, when something happens to me, you are to go into my room, and these are the spots, and you are to clear them out. and do not (laughs) let any of my family go in there. Nothing sorted, just stuff I don't want y'all to see. I
1: have a couple things that I've told. (laughs) I've told (laughs) him, you know, mom goes, don't let anybody else clean that drawer out. (laughs) Yeah,
2: that's
0: a a you'd clean out. Just throw that whole drawer away. I'll you need them to judge me it. after I'm dead.
2: <laughs> God dang, how could he walk? No, I just... <laughs> Is that a car we'll just, battery? We'll just
0: donate that stuff to Kim. <laughs> I'll
1: pass, thanks.
2: I think it's past her expertise level. <laughs> It's like those virtual reality things. Kim's on the easy, I'm on the hard. (laughs) Right, right. Summer days are among us, and if you're like I am, cooking on a hot day just ain't it. When the weather is hot and it's time to eat, I want it fresh, flavorful, and convenient. Preferably without any extra time standing by the hot stove. Well, Jesus has answered my prayers with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Even better, Factor's meals come straight to my doorstep, and I get to spend the hot days of summer working up a sweat away from the kitchen. Factor's well-balanced, nutritious meals check all of my boxes when looking for healthy fuel for this old body. I particularly love their Protein Plus meals that all have 30 grams of protein or more in every serving. Did I mention Factor can handle all of your meals and even snacks? Every fresh and flavor-packed Factor meal is ready in less than two minutes, all with no fuss and no muss. This July, join Shane and I in the mystery of which Factor Meal we like best. Head to factormeals.com mystery50 and use code mystery50 to get 50% off. That's code mystery50 at factormeals.com mystery50 to get 50% off. I love picnics. Packing my wicker basket, grabbing a blanket, and enjoying wonderful food surrounded by nature is one of my favorite simple pleasures. My secret to a delicious and easy picnic is HelloFresh. Whether it's for a romantic date or a group of friends, HelloFresh Market meets all of my picnic needs. From their backyard bratwurst bar to my favorite, their tangy and mouth-watering key lime pie, there's something for everyone. The protein selection fresh fruits, and veggies at HelloFresh never fails to entice my palate. No matter what your lifestyle is, HelloFresh is there to help give you more free time and better nutrition. Go to hellofresh.com slash mystery50 and use code mystery50 for 50% off plus free shipping. That's hellofresh.com slash mystery50 and use code mystery50 for 50% off plus free shipping, and try America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh.
0: All right, Josh, do you want to get
2: started on your mission? Yes. Well, welcome back to the States, Mr. Worldwide. Shane has just (laughs) returned. Mr. Worldwide. (laughs) Shane has just returned from his world tour and has been traversing all around Europe trying to find our long lost German cousin. Any luck with that? No. Dang, I really want to meet him. I am glad that you are back at the mic. Please welcome back to America, Mr. Shane Waters. Well, my topic is a little transparent and still a complete mystery. No one knows when or where they truly originated and even yet how the heck they were created and when. Many people only know about them from the 2008 Indiana Jones movie, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But these beauties are anything but fantasy. They are even so connected to ancient mythology that Adolf Hitler himself was searching for them to help his rise to supreme power. Side note, I bet he just had the teeny-tiniest little thimble penis. Ugh, what did Grandma say, uh... Have to stick his finger up his butt and yell snake just to see it. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: one of the places I was at was Munich. And that's one of the places that he lived and rose to power and all that stuff. And so one of the places I saw there was the apartment that he lived in. Oh, wow. On the main street. Yeah. Was it like preserved how he left it? I don't know. I didn't go into it. Okay. I highly doubt that they are like preserving
2: it and like showing it around to people. But well, I'd be intrigued. It wasn't open um, or anything like that. Like... What color wallpaper did the sicko like? (laughs) I want to know what what did he like in his surroundings. But the problem with preserving a place like that is you're going to get people who like are going there to support it. Yeah, and yeah, I get
0: that. It may not be anything, but I did know where it was, and you know
2: all of that stuff. Well, before I go further, Shane, do you know anything about the crystal skulls? Uh, I've watched some
0: documentaries on it because okay. I'm just a little bit nerd-ish.
2: I figured yeah, I, <laughs> I, I
1: I didn't know I didn't know they really existed. Oh I, really no I I, didn't. well, I have
2: actually seen one in real life. It was at Spirit Fest at a vortex that is known as Camp Chesterfield here in Indiana. A vortex, just real quick, are sacred spots that are found throughout the world, such as the Great Pyramid of Egypt, Machu Picchu, and Bali, and even Stonehenge that Shane saw recently. Mm -hmm. So if you're ever in the area of Chesterfield in Indiana, I would highly suggest you go check the place out. The one I saw is known as the Mitchell Hedgen's Crystal Skull and is believed to be one of 13 skulls. Legend says that when humanity is in dire need of assistance, all 13 skulls will be brought together to reveal vital information needed for the survival of mankind. The skulls are made out of a clear or milky mineral called quartz, which is a very common crystal. But that doesn't make it any less special, though. Quartz attunes to the energy levels of each individual's body, providing a cleansing and energizing effect. It also raises energy to the highest possible level, working on all levels, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. I myself have a little quartz penis that I keep on my desk as we speak. <laughs> I like to hold on to it and manifest a man. Um.
0: Well, um... That's a very small one. So hopefully he is uh, yeah, bigger than that. Well, I that. even have bigger a mantra. It's, um,
2: some fung young guy hung solo. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put out in the universe what you want. <laughs> Chords can even manifest an electric charge and is often used in electronics today, like in our cell phones, for example. So everybody literally is walking around with quartz crystals in their pocket. And most didn't even know it. I love that. They can even store and hold data similar to a microchip, but that requires a lot of work and technology. If our ancestors used the skulls in a storing manner, what technology did they possess and was it theirs? Do you remember the animated movie Atlantis from Disney growing right. up? Well, they used crystals as part of their technology. It's the same concept with the crystal skulls. But I won't get into my theories on Atlantis in this episode. What I find fascinating about the skulls is that no one knows how they were made. There are no etching or tool marks of any kind on any of them. Even with today's technology, such as a laser, there would be some kind of marking to indicate carving. And they can even charge newly made skulls, and you can buy them online. They just have to be in the vicinity of the original, and essentially they download its vibrational frequency. I checked some out. They have miniature ones, too. I love little miniature Mm -hmm. things. Well, mostly. (laughs) That, of course, is dependent on your belief in vibrations. I believe I've said before that I am that crystal-using-meditating-everything-is-vibrating-and-I-couldn't-be-happier-about-it type of person. Shane, on the other hand, to him, they're rocks. Mm-hmm. But church ain't <laughs> over till the choir stops singing, so let's convince him. Did you catch our southern phrase of the day? <laughs> Which we have a nice book. <laughs> <laughs> the Mitchell Hedgen Skull, or as he called it, the Doom Skull was said to have been discovered around 1925 in the Mayan ruins of Lubutan. In his book, Danger, My Alley, he claimed that the crystal skull dated back at least 3,600 years and taking about 150 years to rub down from sand from a single block of pure rock crystal. Mitchell Hedgens built an elaborate mythology around his artifact, claiming it possessed the ability to kill those who mocked it. On the other hand, the skull was also said to have had great healing powers. When he passed away in 1959, his daughter Anna inherited the skull, and she did live a very healthy life until she passed away at 77 years old of natural causes. Hmm. Now, when I saw this skull several years ago, I was fairly new to the world of attempting to achieve enlightenment. I knew nothing about any of the skulls or a whole lot about crystals, really, just that they were pretty. But when I walked into that room, I could feel the energy emanating from it. The best way I could describe it is that it was like having another being in your consciousness with you. You know, that voice in our heads, but with an also calming ancient voice there as well. It really was awakening. The next more famous skull is called the British Museum Skull, and I'll give you two guesses of where it's kept. <laughs> it was found before the Mitchell Hedgen Skull and first appeared in Paris in 1881. It was then sold to Tiffany & Company, the little blue box, first before finally being sold to the British Museum, who have it today.
0: Oh, well, I saw the British Museum. I didn't have time to go into it. But oh, I that would have been MSI. awesome. The building is super huge and cool. Is it an older building? Yeah, but I mean, when you say older in American standards, no, it's I'm talking older. about like several <laughs> hundred years. Like, uh, I don't know about that, but I mean, it looks like it's at least a couple hundred years old. Oh, that'd be so awesome! But See, it's, it's a massive building, you would spend probably a full day in it at least.
2: I'd love to go to an, like an old museum like that because here in America, yeah. like that building is a museum compared to what we have. Yeah, I mean, it's a massive building. Did
1: you take a picture of it?
2: Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. And now I'm not sure if the skull there is on display all the time or if they just, you know, store it and bring it out every once in a while. The museum does note that although the stylization of the features of the skull is in general accord with other examples accepted as genuine Aztec or Mixtec carvings, the overall appearance does not present an obvious example of Aztec or any other Mesoamerican art style. And it's also different than the rest of the skulls. None of the skulls are identical, but this one's a lot different. The other ones look more realistic, whereas this one has like, looks like two like giant screwdrivers carved the eyes.
0: Yeah, I remember seeing a picture of it. Definitely like, Not as rounded off, I feel. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It is not as detailed as the other skulls. And there is a possibility, a strong one, that it could be fake. The man who discovered it, Eugene Bourbon, was known for selling counterfeit artifacts. Mm. Very popular back then. (laughs) You know, when around that time, just any ancient, I mean, that was, people used to eat powdered mummies Mm. because they thought it would. Like benefit right. than like vitamins, what? yeah, oh yeah, there like mummies, there would be a lot more mummies today, like there are thousands of mummies that have been discovered, but they were turned into paint, or people would actually even like dry them up more crush them up yeah. into powder and sell it as a supplement. There's a counterfeit mummy thing where people would just get dead bodies and grind them up and say, "Oh yeah, this is a mummy, so people just sucking down dead people. <laughs> Welcome to history, baby. (laughs) People will do anything. Her face. Her face. She's like, ugh. Why do you think I'm always like, I don't like to put pills in my body because I don't know what the hell is. You don't know what's
1: in him now. Ugh.
2: (laughs) Another well-known skull is named after a shamanic guide called Sha-Narra. It has the distinction of having been discovered in an archaeological dig in Mexico, providing further credibility to its status as a truly ancient crystal skull. Now this I found extremely interesting, I didn't even know this was a thing. Shana was located using psychic archaeology, which means that the location of the find was pinpointed by intuitive guidance. It is interesting to note that many of the present caretakers, particularly of ancient crystal skulls, had some sort of premonition, dream, or insight, as if the crystal skull was acting as some kind of beacon calling them to it. A professor of parapsychology and pioneer in crystal skull research, F. R. Nick Nocerino, was in the was in the Giro province was in the Giro. Was in... Sorry, it's a tongue twister. Was in the... I guess not say it. Was in, was in Central Mexico in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Welcome to live recording, Kim.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. I'll cut it out. <laughs>
2: it's like, <"Jurero." laughs> was in... <laughs> I could say parapsychology like that, but one town name. (sighs) Take two. A professor of parapsychology and pioneer in crystal skull research, F.R. Nick Nacerno, was in central Mexico in 1995 when he was asked to use his paranormal powers to pinpoint locations where artifacts would be found. The story as he explained it on national British television goes as follows. Some men were digging, who were digging in some old ruins up along Rio Basa. Wanted to see if I could perform some psychic archaeology where I could touch an area and say, Hey, there's something here, which we did. I went along and we did some touching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, Dig here. I had a dollar. And we came across a terracotta basket. And inside that basket, they found the skull Shana Ra. Now, that skull is one of the few skulls that has been scientifically examined and proven to be truly ancient. There were no markings of any ancient or modern tools, and it is believed to be the most important skull found so far. One last well-known skull is named Einstein, and is so far the largest of the skulls to be discovered. Its owner has had possession of it for over two decades, And until the day that Einstein began communicating with her, she had no idea it was an ancient relic. Just a side note, all rocks and crystals are in fact ancient, as old as the planet, or even older if they were from meteor impacts. Some, such as the crystal skulls, contain no amount of carbon, making radiocarbon dating unusable, which is why they can't tell the age of them. Even if they were able to take them, it is not as if the carver left a date on the bottom to know when they were created. So they would just, it would just be able to tell them, oh, this stone is as old as the planet, but they still wouldn't know when it was carved. Back to Einstein. The skull Einstein, as said by its owner, said that it is an ancient computer, a master computer, in fact. It then told her that they record everything that happens on the planet 24-7 and store it, that the skull's purpose was to record history on Earth and that they have been doing it since creation began. Even more, the skulls are artifacts of Atlantis and even before that. Now again, I believe some things, but she could have at least ended with Something more believable than Atlantis. <laughs> you know, it's an ancient computer that existed in Atlantis. It records everything we do. And it likes long, hot bubble baths when it rains. Right. You know, something believable. <laughs> you can't just... I mean, to me, when I, people are telling, like, all this, I'm like, money. That's, right. that's all it is. And I don't like that. Just let me meditate deep enough, honey. I'll tap into Sha-Nara. <laughs> The rest of the skulls exist in mostly private collections and remain shrouded in mystery to everyone but their handlers. Are they truly ancient relics left here to help usher humanity into a new age of enlightenment? Or are they just fake relics created in the 1800s in Germany by Boban? The answer, I guess, depends on your beliefs. I choose, however, to believe the myth, because what is life? Without a little magic, how lovely! Oh, you know me; I, mean, I liked a little add a little spin on it. I like your shirt, Josh. It says "Stay Salty." Oh yeah, I love that's why I bought it. I'm a salty <laughs> b word. Stay Salty. I got this one. This is my uh, Florida shirt. Yeah. yeah. And the conspiracy theories on the crystal skulls will be on the unmasked episode. If you'd like to find out more about all of them, I'll give you a hint all right josh
0: so i wanted to read one of our reviews for this episode so this one was left by i think so of course apple puts like all the letters together so i'm gonna say it's brandyland 86 and brandyland right brandyland says five stars love this scooby gang loving me some mystery ink this podcast is everything. Love the relationship between the brothers and love laughing along with the stories they share. It's a new highlight of my busy day. And then she puts this kiss and then says chef's kiss. Oh, I love it. Wow. Yeah. Yep. How lovely. If you would like to leave us a review, please do so. We would absolutely love it. Just not a one star because we don't like those.
2: Yeah, we'll find you. Right. And if you don't want to leave us a review, follow us on Instagram and leave us a comment if you enjoy Mystery Inc. Also, don't forget to join us on Patreon for some extra insight and a complete bonus episode to follow after every one of our regular ones. We also have a few of our Mystery Ink insulated tumbler cups for anyone wanting to take a sip from a tall glass of waters, brothers.
0: <laughs> there you go. All right, so let's go ahead and start Unmasked where we're going to talk about Kim's feet pics.
2: Ooh, baby. Ooh. Pics. <laughs> you too. Please subscribe to Kim's OnlyFan for 50 cents a month <laughs> you can see her brown star.
1: Have you been sneaking in my room at night? <laughs> taking no pictures one has of my done feet. That, I
2: promise you that. <laughs> she got them little tiny feet. You got you That's people that right, are into that. All right,
0: so let's go ahead and start Unmasked. We'll see you there. Bye.